welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Thanks for joining us as we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my brother Adam. Hello. And uh, another member of our brotherhood, Mr. Bob Leahy. I'm all by myself, guys. Oh, man. I, I'm actually with you in the same room, Evan. That's weird. Podcasting live. It, it, you stink. <laughs> I think it's you, because I'm rubber and you're glue. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, we'd like to thank you for joining us as we recap and review perhaps one of the more intense episodes we've seen in quite some time. And by that, I mean one of the few episodes we've seen in quite some time. And that, of course, is Season 5, Episode 4. The Brotherhood. And this is one where uh, Walker's going to meet some old friends. And you know what? In this instance, these are some old friends that we remember. So Yeah, totally. And and uh, I think he's going to single-handedly take on uh, police corruption in this episode, too. Might be saying too much, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. See how yeah. that goes. Before we get into that, I think we need a little bit of um, hydration. So... Uh, Let's hop on over to CD's Bar and Grill, see what's on tap. Fancy meeting you goons here. Yeah, man. Um, Luckily, we were able to get together uh, over the holidays and meet up in Boston. Kind of have our, you know, roundhouse roulette roundtable, right, guys? Meeting of the minds. (laughs) Definitely definitely meeting meeting of the minds, meeting of the mouths. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we we did. We talked about our aspirations for this season, um, but... There was really only one place we could do that, right, guys? <laughs> you bet. What's the official name other than Flavortown? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I think it was the... We took our talents to Flavortown. It was Guy Fieri's Boston Bar and Grill. Yeah. And I, and right. I know this because I had to make reservations. I mean, that seems very un-Guy Fieri-like. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I it feel like he'd just roll in with in his Camaro yeah. and uh, there'd be a seat for him. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, you know, I think we, I think we had a good time, but uh, we, we'll get into let's let's crack this beer first and see what CD has for us, and maybe we can dive into a little bit of Flavor Town. You know, mm. okay, yeah. What does CD have on tap for us this week? Well, he must know that uh, that I'm actually uh, on site here uh, in uh, Music City, USA. That is Nashville, Tennessee, and um, there's quite the brew on tap. This is a Velvet Underbrown by Heavy Riff Brewing Company. Mm. And I'll have you know that today I visited no fewer than four guitar shops. We did. We we are on a base quest. Yeah. So what, what does the uh, menu say about this brew? Well, Velvet Underbrown is not your classic brown ale. As with all Heavy Riff beers, this brown ale is aggressive in flavor, but smooth and decadent. This velvety brown <laughs> ale is brewed with lactose and oats for a full creamy body and dark chocolate finish. Brew loud, boys. All right. All right. Well, I got your glass here, Evan. I'll fill you up since you're, you know, you're trapped in the corner, man. I really am, yeah. All right. Cheers, boys. Bottoms up. Yeah. that That's a brown. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, shout out to uh, Dale Matt Miller who hipped CD to, for this beer yeah. um, over a year ago. So we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Tastes good. Tastes like a, an ice-cold loaf of bread, and I like it. <laughs> did, they, did they call it decadent? <laughs> yes. It might be. 
<laughs> it could be. I definitely don't taste the lactose. It might be more of like a mouthfeel thing, Heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mouth, mouth, mouthfeel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. All right, Bob. Mm-hmm. I got you. <laughs> You've been eating too much Guy Fieri food. Oh, talk about mouthfeel. Talk about mouthfeel. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we kind of we kind of were like, oh, this would be so stupid to go meet up there that we all did. I took the train to, to Boston just to meet up for a few hours at Guy Fieri's, but... That's exactly what we did. Let's start with the appetizer, guys. How was the trash can nachos? On a scale of, yeah, let's go to five here of your nachos. You know, one to five. I feel like Guy Fieri goes to eleven, so it needs to be between one and eleven. Okay, all right. Well, all right. So, what are we? What are you talking about? Those nachos? And I'm not talking about you know when you got home later. We're talking about the immediate experience. Good presentation. Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, they brought it out, and uh, the server kind of pulled up this, uh, I guess it was supposed to be a trash can, but it looked like a, a metal uh, cylinder. Yeah, Pulled it up, yeah. and all the nachos fell onto the plate, like out of a trash can. And uh, They maintained their shape fairly well, but started uh, leaning. They did. It was like the leaning uh, Tower of Cheesa, for sure. Jesus. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> And then it then it fell over. But if there's one thing that can be said about this, every chip had cheese on it. It was impressive. Every, there were there were no dry chips, and they weren't soggy chips either. Right, and that's the magic of Guy Fieri's patented um, <laughs> SMC. Uh, yeah, the menu had this as like a uh, <laughs> when your menu has a glossary. Well, I guess I would expect it at Guy Fieri's, <laughs> but uh, but what yeah what is, what did SMC stand for? Oh, that stands for a super melty cheese. Okay. I mean, it's basically Guy Fieri's <laughs> version of queso, but, you know, one wonders what's in it if it doesn't make a tortilla chip soggy. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, uh, so, I mean, pretty good nachos. I mean, uh, like you, you, I think you were saying, Evan, that it, the best bite was definitely the one with the cilantro. And let's, let's be honest, there weren't a lot of vegetables or greenery on these nachos. Yeah, and some pickled red onion. Like that, the acidity from that was, was much needed to cut the decadence of the uh, <laughs> of the trash can nacho. It was pretty rich. Yeah. That said, like the three of us were like a, a trio of raccoons that just stumbled upon <laughs> the greatest trash can of all. So mm. it was gone pretty quickly. Let's, let's talk about the main course here because, <laughs> look. <laughs> it's like a play-by-play. We're a food podcast. We were a Michael McDonald podcast last time. We're getting into food reviews here now. But but I think, you know, Guy Fieri and uh, Walker, Texas Ranger fans definitely have some crossover. Oh, dude. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah, I mean, one thing I, I think we we're all disappointed about was the lack of creativity in naming the actual sandwiches themselves. The sections in the menu were kind of named like crazy. You expect it was going to be like a... Uh, you know, belly buster uh, bliss burger or something like that. It was just like a it was like a bacon cheeseburger or something, and that's what I had. Granted, it was it was huge. Oh, it had mac and cheese as well. Right, that one might have had a ridiculous name, but you're right. Most of most things didn't. I mean, granted, it was the mac and cheese bacon burger that is obscene. You know, <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, obscene. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I, it needed a few more adjectives on that because I, I needed to be a little more embarrassed to order it than I did because I actually did order it. Yeah, you sure did. I was thinking about it, but... You went with a classic. You went with the uh, double smash burger. Yeah, it was good. How was the donkey sauce? Yeah, because we were really curious as to like what the donkey sauce was and uh, what it would be like. And your burger came 
with so much donkey sauce on that burger, Bob, <laughs> yeah. there, there were there were some questions. There were some questions about what happened. Uh, and I thought like donkey sauce was going to be like some hot sauce, but it, yeah. it turned out it was like some like altered mayo or something. Yeah, it was kind of like tartar sauce. I would think they would put like horseradish in it, but then I guess if they did that, it would be horse sauce. It wouldn't be donkey sauce. That's so true. donkey couldn't have horseradish in it, just on principle. Right. Man, you, Adam, you need to be in charge of the menu there. I'm telling you, there was the labeling. <laughs> there were so many spots you know, of just layups that they yeah, just, yeah, they just exactly. couldn't have. Like. Grand slam. There should have been a grand slam, bam, grand wham, bam, grand slam. Thank you, man. Burger it was not there. You're right. You know, or uh, the wicked piss of pasta. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> right. That took you maybe five seconds to come up with. I had it's to cold. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Boston's not really known for its food. I mean, I could imagine him doing a, a Guy Fieri version of Boston Baked Beans. Maybe I'm what told, about yeah. what about mac and cheese burger with Boston Baked Beans on it, too? Oh, yeah, tie it in. Or the, the Paul Revered ribs. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Maybe he doesn't want to lean into it too much. Although, let's talk about the music throughout the night guys that <laughs> was 100 percent on point yeah. yeah i mean it was every song was from 1998 yeah someone in the band had frosted tips when we walked in the door they were playing all i want to do is have some fun by shell crow and, and we did we took that as an you know a directive um sure did what, what are some other tunes they were playing in there i want to say sugar ray but i think we were talking about the lack of sugar ray you know, since the last time we did a podcast, my band, the Tennessee Warblers, released a record, and uh, that was not being played at Guy Fieri's restaurant, unfortunately. Check it on Spotify. Um, or, or you don't have to, but if you are interested in bluegrass and you've dug the music that we use for uh, the podcast here, we recorded the record at the same time as we did the theme song for this podcast. So check it out, Tennessee Warblers. Uh, small town songs wherever you listen to music if you want to great endorsement this I mean this is my only platform to pimp anything I'm doing so <laughs> I, I let's save it for it, the right? ad segment dude oh is, is this at the, or, yeah, I thought gotta, we're, do, we're not getting are we getting yeah. paid by Guy Fieri too <laughs> no maybe, no, maybe not but this. I'm pretty sure if you cut <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you cut Guy Fieri he would bleed chicken bacon ranch and that's the sandwich that I got Oh, well, and you liked it. You know, it was pretty good. How was it the next day? Or did you eat it on the bus? <laughs> he had leftovers. It was so big. He had, he I, had. I may or may not have shamefully eaten the last fourth of my sandwich hunched over the sink. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, like Guy Fieri. <laughs> As the Lord intended it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, and I got, you know, the next day since I... <laughs> did a reservation for Guy Fieri's online because we were all meeting up and want to make sure, you know, we had the experience we wanted. They emailed me to ask for a review online. And I, so I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I kind of wish there was some more Guy Fieri. It looked, it was kind of yeah. uh, a subdued bar. It was kind of like a, a, like a hotel bar and they just slapped up the word flavor town in the back, which is good. I mean, it's a good start. Great start, yeah, but I want more pictures of, of Guy Fieri around so I can do selfies with Guy Fieri. You know, I wasn't expecting Guy to come out and serve us food. That'd be crazy, right? But I was expecting, like, maybe his face to be on the seat so I could sit on his face. Something like that. Something so outrageous 
That's why you go to the flavor town. You want to sit on his face. I, something. I want something <laughs> memorable like that. I want his face to be printed everywhere. If it's on the seat and I have to sit on his face, I'm not going to forget that. And he won't either. I think that's the problem. I think he opens up restaurants like that and they just go out of business because they just, it's just way too over the top. Maybe he's trying to roll it back. Wait, 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 wait. You, you're saying that Guy Fieri is known for subtlety. That's why you go there. I want to be blasted in the face with donkey by sauce. Guy Fieri's by donkey, donkey sauce. sauce. <laughs> no, but... Well, like, every once, like, every hundredth ticket just has, like, a bucket of donkey sauce dumped on them. <laughs> Something. <laughs> like, am I... Is it going to be me? Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, the food the food was, was on point for exactly what I expected, and it was great. The service was great, but it, just a little more ridiculous stuff is what I was kind of expecting. Now, he has a chicken restaurant here in Nashville and <laughs> oh, Evan and I and I wrote this to them in my email I said in a week we're going to be checking out his restaurant in Nashville too special live podcast next Gra- podcast grab your antacids <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm hoping there's just a few more pictures of Guy uh, at this next place I want like a wax statue of Guy Fieri in each of his restaurants dressed up in his actual clothing yeah flaming bowling shirt or, you know, you know how sometimes you get like a crown at a restaurant? You get, it's like a frosted tip hat that's Guy Fieri's hair that you wear while you're there. It's a good thing we're recording this. You can go back and write all this down. Now, now here's a question. What does Guy Fieri's do when it's someone's birthday? You know how they have like birthday songs and stuff? Oh, I'm so I'm so glad you didn't think of that before a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> oh no, yeah, um, but yeah. So again, we're just saying if and you know anyone out there, if guys looking for consultants for his restaurant, we're working on it. We'll check out his Nashville one here and report back. We'll have many more notes. Just a few things, just <laughs> yeah. a few simple tweaks, a few simple decals to add to the wall. You know, would be a hundred percent. But needless to say, great that we could all get together in the same room. And break donkey sauce together. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess enough of uh, Guy Fieri here. Let's let's. I get can't to, believe uh, you just said that. I cannot believe you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because we didn't have enough at the restaurant. You know. Oh, okay, but I, I digress here. Well, let's jump to the socials here. Uh, we heard from friend of show Mondo about our podcast on the episode Mind Games, which, uh, if you don't recall, involved. Um, someone that had pretty much nothing to do with walker whatsoever senior citizen woman being drugged with ecstasy in her tea it was uh chamomile tea it was great Mm. yeah well she thought it was good really good yeah and uh at one point uh she's been drugged and she tried to go to the grocery store she can't find a car and they they show like lsd vision of the camera shifting and stuff (laughs) right and uh there's an attendant there like I don't know what grocery store has someone driving around in like a golf cart or whatever, making sure everything's okay. <laughs> I don't know what kind of upper crust grocery store yeah, that was. Fancy, fancy neighborhood. He asked her like what her license plate number was or what the tags were. Yeah, and yeah. we're like, oh, like I don't know the my license plate number. Is that some people remember? And then also, do they call them tags in Texas or do they call them license plate? Or what's I feel the like deal? it's more like a cop thing, but yeah. Well, Mondo said that uh, he uses both tags and license plate, but uh, he hardly ever sees an employee in a golf cart checking on customers in the store. Um, well, 
I guess thank you for the boots on the ground, Mondo. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, sometimes when I walk from the grocery store, you know, to the car, I feel a little more comfortable if someone was trailing me in a golf cart, you know. Or it might make me feel more uncomfortable. Maybe they're trying, they're like trailing me to steal my groceries or something like that, you know. Oh, make sure you're not stealing, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, why. Did they you go do- through the self checkout? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're policing the self checkout. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For those who have listened to our last podcast on the episode Rookie of Walker, Texas Ranger, um, which dealt with a guy uh, giving free samples of drugs to kids, right? Mm, yeah, yep. That was the strategy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking about this ruler we had around the house, and I swore it was a dare ruler that was like, don't do drugs. And on the back of the ruler was like a list of all the drugs and then the slang terms for said drugs. It looks like someone made these rulers and then marketed them for companies to put their information on. This one's from a bank in Arkansas, but maybe it was a bank (laughs) in Massachusetts that did the same rulers. So it's like on the front, don't do drugs and on the back it has like this grid that has like the class of drug and then the slang term for said drug so it was like it's like here's a shopping list for all the drugs yeah pretty much how to to order them pot tea grass stick mary jane joint there you go guys (laughs) i don't know if i I went somewhere and ordered stick i might get something else yeah i think you probably would (laughs) so here's the real question here's the real question how many of these eight will be in a walker texas ranger episode with them explaining what it is i mean i think every single one of these things that this is like uh the writers of walker probably use use this ruler i don't know though there is there is <laughs> alcohols on there which i was kind of surprised to see booze booze juice booze juice and sauce <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean uh i i like the hallucin- hallucinogen can be called acid sugar and businessmen's high i'm looking for a businessman's high pretty unbelievable here uh benny's pet pills dexies speed meth dough crystal cartwheels cartwheels i've never heard of half of these (laughs) i love at the bottom it also says uh for further information and literature about drug abuse contact local police department (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm looking for more information on illegal drugs. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you have any right horse? <laughs> do you have any horse H snow dope or smack? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But is, isn't this just kind of weird? What, what's the use of having slang terms? Like, just in case you're at a party where someone's like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> do you want to do some cartwheels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like oh hold on let me bust out my ruler here oh never mind no i don't why do people need to know slang terms for drugs you know it's like oh we're having a party tonight it's going to be a businessman's meeting <laughs> yeah. you know? oh i better not go and then you miss out on a business opportunity because it wasn't drugs yeah <laughs> so uh, this would really just mess people up here uh, but we'll put this up on the uh, the episode page for you guys to check out. I'm sure you're really interested in rulers. We talked <laughs> yeah. about another ruler in the other podcast, but we should just talk about rulers from now on. We got a thing for rulers. <laughs> Speaking of rulers, this ruler is uh, one foot long, and that is uh, an English measurement unit as opposed to a metric unit. It is. We had our first international sale, and it was for someone across the pond. Oh, all right, okay. In the United Kingdom. 
you know, we do have listeners across the globe, but when you start shipping action figures of Chuck Norris across the globe, that's when I think we're onto something, guys. That's when I think you realize you forgot to uh, uncheck the box of shipping internationally. <laughs> Dude, why would why would we do that? We want we want Walker love from across the world, man. We want people repping Walker. We're taking a bath no. on this, aren't we? You're gonna pay more <laughs> the ship than its costs. Yeah, shipping shipping did cost more than the figure, but you know it's okay. No, it's <laughs> no. We, we want to thank uh, Shahad for uh, picking up this awesome Chuck Norris undercover agent action figure, uh, complete with action figure stand and roundhouse roulette sticker, supporting the podcast and helping us pay for our hosting. Man, pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm Jones, and to talk about this episode. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a lot. So, yeah, we've got a lot to get into this week. And uh, if you're watching along at home, uh, hit that pause button and watch Season 5, Episode 4, The Brotherhood. And uh, come right on back to us. All right, well, welcome back. This episode originally aired on uh, October 12th, 1996. And uh, it opens on... A seedy-looking warehouse with some sick music, <laughs> and uh, within this warehouse, there seems to be quite the shakedown happening. And the guy being shook down, he's kind of like—I guess he's southern, right? I don't—he's—he's he's <laughs> bewildered. <laughs> he's out of his flustered. element. It looks like he's from another TV show, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's just flustered, old redneck, really. Exactly, right, and he's like, he's in this chair in this abandoned warehouse, and there's two guys over his shoulder, th- uh, three, right? Yeah, there's two goons, and then the the boss, and the boss is kind of like saying, "Man, well, you haven't paid us your money, man. What's up with that?" And then he's kind of going off like, "Well, you know, uh, I haven't <laughs> really been able to come up with the funds, and a man's got to eat, you know, and stuff like that." And then then the kind of like the 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 head goon is kind of like, "All right, guys, just break his legs." Yeah. <laughs> and then they and then it's a hard cut. Yeah. And and the cut is like on the downbeat of his legs being broken. Right? <laughs> yeah, this this episode starts out strong. It was okay. I was like It really does. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. And so this guy it just lets his goons do that and he walks out the building and we get a shot of the the lead goon who who told the guy to break his legs uh walking out of the building and I think they did this so abruptly just to be like this guy's a bad dude. You know he's bad. He's telling people to he's break people's guy. legs. So yeah. he's he's definitively bad off the bat, and um, that'll come into play later. We'll understand why we needed to know that pretty quick. But he's he's like walking around the corner of the building, and there's like this police officer there, and he calls the guy's name, Milo Creech. <laughs> yeah, who wants to know? And they're like. You better step into our office. And basically, these guys force him into their police car. And there are these two cops. <laughs> and you know right off the bat that these cops, there's something wrong with them, oh, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not they're not good. They're, they're a little off. And they wear, like, these blue high pants, like the blue high cop pants. Yeah, with a white shirt. Yeah, they were, they were different than your Texas Rangers, for sure. Yeah. You know, you instantly know, like, oh, man, okay, so these cops, they're no good. They're like, well, you're going to drive off with us. And then we see them. It's at nighttime now. So I don't know what they were doing with them. There was a Zoom transition. There was a transition. (laughs) So then it's nighttime. Yeah. And and they're on top of a building. 
Yeah. And uh, both the cops are like holding this this goon over the side of the building, right? And he's like, "Guys, guys, I'll tell you anything you want. What What do you guys want? What do you want?" And they're like, "Justice!" And they throw him off the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, sorry. They full on Lazarus the guy. Oh they man, really yeah, did. totally. Shout yeah. out, shout out to uh, the Chairman Saga. Yeah, <laughs> from our from our early days of casting. Yeah, but yeah, so so we're kind of in shock as viewers, and we're like, wait, two officers of the law are like kind of just throwing bad guys off the roof. This episode is super violent. <laughs> they they draw the line at showing like blood, a lot of blood and gunshot wounds. But anything bad that happens is a hard edit in this yeah. episode. That's, that's true. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like it happens, but. It happens by implied edit. Yeah. Well, they show the guy laying on the pavement, but that's not as they, gruesome. They do it's actually like show the aftermath. The yeah, they, they yeah. didn't show him fall, but they just showed the guy lying on the ground afterwards. Meanwhile, this hard edit is now on to uh, Walker and Trevet, and they're serving a warrant to a um, couple of bad dudes who are uh, cooking the books or something. Oh, my God. And this scene is amazing, too. Yeah. These guys are, are you know operating some sort of weird deal. Yeah, there's like this, like uh, it's a we- another warehouse, and there's a room inside the warehouse, and we get a close up of like guys viciously uh, putting documents into a paper shredder. Yeah, and they're like, "We know they're on their way. Get out and stop them." I think they even like name Walker before he even shows up. They're like, Probably. "Walker's yeah. on the uh, way. Walker's coming." <laughs> yeah. So like, they all know. Walker. So they send their goon outside the like office door with a pipe. Right, right. That's what I love. <laughs> they're just like, "Oh yeah, the, the law's coming." So here's this lead pipe. And just stand in front of the door while we shred documents, please. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. So, obviously, a shakedown ensues, and uh, Walker and Trevette uh, kick some butt. Yeah, roundhouse kicks, all this stuff, right off the bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, uh, then Walker uh, does what anyone ever wants to do. He punches a piece <laughs> of office equipment. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it was a Walker space moment. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy's like, hey, Walker, you can't do this without a warrant. And Trevette just holds up a piece of paper, and he's like, oh, you got one. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, come to find out, they're the Bodine brothers, and they are well-known as gun runners. But uh, they got off of their conviction because the uh, warrant had a typo in it. Right. Yeah. And this was a technicality. So now, I, and we find this out in a hallway scene with Alex Trevette and Walker, and then the Bodine brothers walk out, and they're like, oh, "You couldn't keep us in our cell, Walker." <laughs> and then Walker says something like, "Yeah, well, if they make a mistake on the spelling on your death certificate, it's not going to matter much." <laughs> and we're like, "Whoa, Walker, dude!" You know, this got me thinking. Was this Alex's mistake? I think she said that someone did it. Yeah, it was a clerical error. Now, I just looked up when Spellcheck was invented. It was invented, like, in the 70s. So, no excuse here. And so, the Rangers are seeing this as an acted-out news story on the TV at CD's Bar and Grill. So, we're learning through exposition on the episode that this is the third time in recent memory that... The DA's office has uh, had to release people on technicalities because of typos and things like that. Yeah, and, and CD in response to like seeing it, he he's all pissed. He's the ex-lawman now bar owner, and he's like, "That don't mean thunder," <laughs> you know. I think that I think that's what he said. That was a great something like that. <laughs> hey, that don't mean thunder. What is that? Some saying? 
Texas folk out there, let us know. We need to know. Enter uh, a true old friend. This is someone who we recognize. I was kind of surprised to see her in this episode. And, and uh, so enter into CD's Bar Grill, Marta. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those uh, who don't remember, we've spoke about Marta's character in the podcast about the episode The Covenant from 1995 and also the episode the circle of life in 1998 which also starred danny trejo as her husband who was just released from jail this episode takes place between the two so sit back and let that sink in (laughs) this is this is part of the marta lopez character arc yeah yeah which you guys will be pleased to learn that in season eight she plays marta lopez again Yes. Oh man! We so will one, more. Marta, one more, time. <laughs> one more. Nice. <laughs> All right. And I mean, she's had a pretty rough go of it so far. The, <laughs> she really has. <laughs> oh my gosh! So in the in the episode The Covenant, which takes place before this one, it dealt with gang violence. Her little son Tommy was being uh, kind of pulled into the gang, but her older son Ernesto kind of uh, did. Did he get him out or something like that? No, no, no. He he wanted him to stay out of the gangs. So the gang that wanted Tommy to join them shot Ernesto and pinned that on the rival gang so that Tommy would join their gang. So basically, uh, Ernesto spent most of the episode on a ventilator. Anyways, he recovers at the end of that episode, and uh, apparently he goes off and joins the Marines. And so he apparently is... uh, home from a tour of duty and uh he has been accused of rape and he's been uh wrongfully detained she believes and uh she's just looking to get some help from uh you know her ranger friends slash white saviors (laughs) oh Oh, there it is (laughs) okay all right yeah And uh, they look right into it. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't make a visit to see her at her place of work in this episode, which they had this character, uh, Marta Lopez, working in a tortilla factory. That's right. That's That's right. right. Oh, yikes. It looked like she had a nice house, so we'll talk about it later. She yeah, does. She did. And, and I, but I will add, you know, they did have some continuity in the circle of life. She does run, run a Mexican restaurant, which is after this. So, So there was the through line, but we didn't see that here. But I digress. (laughs) So the next morning, uh, I'm assuming Walker and Alex worked through the night to figure out what was going on with Ernesto because he's their bestie. But uh, meanwhile, the Bodine brothers are uh, making plans to get out of the country so that more charges can't be brought upon them and they can escape scot-free from their their gun traffic. They even tell Walker, they're like, oh, you will get another shot of us because we're going to Costa Rica. Good choice. This is where I'll be, boo. Okay. (laughs) So one of the Bodine brothers, this is like maybe one of my favorite parts of the episode. He is out jogging and he's in his Oakley's, (laughs) his fake Oakley sunglasses. He's wearing a fanny pack and then he gets a phone call in his fanny pack and he opens up his flip phone, (laughs) like a brick of a cell phone to answer a phone call. And someone's like yeah man you're gonna get in trouble and he's like no walker's not gonna be a problem we're getting out of here and he stopped to take this phone call and he stopped in like he's like jogging through a park right he stopped in a giant clearing and i'm like 
oh yeah something's gonna go down yeah. <laughs> like a fight is gonna go down here we know again this guy's a bad guy he's on the phone the same blonde cop who uh was at the beginning of the episode and threw the guy off the roof just walks into the frame awkwardly like this guy's entrances in in the scenes is <laughs> is unparalleled right it's like he stumbled onto like a movie set right? <laughs> and this actor is jameson parker he looked perhaps best known for his role as one of the simons in simon simon, and simon. And simon that's right oh okay <laughs> my favorite theme song so uh yeah that's a theme song that uh, we talk about a lot bob apparently used to jam out to that theme song a lot still do all the time uh, maybe we can put that on the website okay we'll put it on this episode page so anyways he shows up and uh <laughs> before one of the bodine brothers can do anything about it or even knows that, that they're there uh he whacks him in the side of the leg with his billy stick <laughs> yeah violent episode guys yeah, <laughs> and then the violent. other cop comes from the other angle, and then like, d- does he hit him again too, or is he he just pull a gun on him? He, he just pulls, pulls a gun, gun with a silencer on it, and he's like, "Can I do this one, Sarge?" Yeah, and then yeah. like without hesitation, blows the guy away. <laughs> yeah, and and we're like, "Wow!" Like, so these cops are just offing uh, bad guys, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. I also note that um, he, they were using a silencer, but that gunshot that they used in the the sound was definitely like not muffled at all and then they both look around after shooting him and then just run off yeah they, they, i was yeah. like oh are they gonna they like try to <laughs> do anything they just leave him there yeah yeah <laughs> so hard cut to uh walker and trevette visiting uh, ernesto and we haven't seen ernesto for a while um but he is in prison and uh basically espousing his innocence to walker and walker's all like well what were you doing that night? And Ernesto's like, oh, I, I can't tell you. It's I'm bound by honor. Right. And, and Walker's kind of like, well, you know, they're they're saying you raped somebody, so you might want to tell yeah. me, <laughs> you know, where you were, because I'm trying to help you here, bro. Yep. And Trevette's like, hey, I know you're trying to help this guy, but... Uh, One of the Bodine brothers was just gunned down. Walker, we got to go to the crime scene. Well, look at that. Good work. Yep nice See, we're, we're getting there we're getting back to it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like riding a bike yeah you gotta think like uh like people might actually be listening to this evan okay yeah i know right. it's, it's hard to i know believe. it's hard <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> meanwhile the other bodine brother just learned about his brother getting gunned down and he's like man i gotta get out of here i'm not waiting any longer He's on the phone. He's on his own cell phone. And he's in, like, you know, your prototypical Walker, Texas Ranger mansion. Yeah, like the mansion they use for every mansion scene in Walker. And this back guy's just packing up his stuff and talking to someone. And he's like, oh, my brother was killed? Well, I got to get out of here. I don't care about that. You know, he's on his own. Right, right. <laughs> you know, he's you know, no remorse. Sell, sell all my stuff. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah I got to get to Costa Rica money? because I don't know if it was Walker, but... I don't know. who Every bad guy mentions Walker by name in this, in this episode. It's amazing. Uh, and um, so he's like packing up and about to rush out the door. And I, there's this great lingering shot when he's in like the uh, lobby. Cause the foyer. It's like his, the foyer. Yeah, the, the foyer of his... Of his <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like gazing at his statue or something. <laughs> yeah, he has like this like clock, like slash antique clock that has this really ornate uh, marble and woodwork. 
And someone must have directed him. Maybe Michael Priest, who directed this episode. I'm, I'm hoping he ad lived it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. To hey, you know, you're going to be leaving your home, and you're going to want to acknowledge that these things you'll never see again. And so the guy just walks over to this bullshit clock and like kind of rubs his hand on it, like he, he caresses it and sighs, <laughs> and <sighs> then walks out the front door, yeah. like oh, I guess I'll never see that clock again. And, uh, and and mind you, th- that's more remorse than he had for his brother. Just the news that his brother just was killed. Yeah, the Bodine brothers—they're—they're they're bad news, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we learn earlier on that the first Bodine brother uh, was taken out by a specific type of hollow point bullet called a Hydra shock bullet. Apparently, is untraceable. Ballistics are impossible. Yeah, I looked this up. I was wondering what they were saying. Like, it was Hydroshock or what it was. And it's called uh, Hydra-SHOK Ammunition. Features a unique patented center post design and notched jacket with a non-bonded lead core. Have no idea what all that means. Lead lead core. Yeah, someone in Texas can help us out with that one, please. Explain (laughs) that one to us. Together, they are meant to provide more reliable expansion and deeper penetration. Mm. Mm. Than the other projectile used at that time, maybe more more, more sexual bullet. <laughs> Is that, that, that why yeah. they're using that? I'd say that's probably right. Okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, they keep saying like uh, when this this comes up when Walker and Trevette are on the scene, right? Yeah. So guys screwing the the silencer onto his gun. The Bodine brother tosses his uh, briefcase at him, and a chase ensues. In which case, the other cop comes out. A gunfight ensues, and uh, the other cop has to use his actual cop gun, his service gun, and kills Bodine with it. But uh, they then have to find the bullet and remove it from the wall. Very mm. important. So it can't be traced. And we later learn when Trivette and Walker show up on scene that uh, the earlier killing of the first Bodine brother, a hydroshock bullet was used. And so it's untraceable with ballistics. Whereas uh, with the second Bodine brother, the bullet went straight through. And so Walker uses his sick tracking abilities in which we get a close-up of his face and we know that he's tracking something. Right. And he's in like his dockers and uh, (laughs) he looks like dad Walker in this one, right? Yeah, he's in dad mode. But he was able to find where they they, uh, scratched the bullet out of the wall and... And he and Tourette's like, what's the matter, Walker? And he's like, oh, I don't know. This just isn't normal. Someone, <laughs> someone went through a lot of effort to remove this bullet from the wall here. That's weird. They I, don't want to get caught. I've never dealt with a criminal that didn't want to get caught before. It's just, I'm just baffled by the Texas Rangers detective work. I like that there's some detective work in this episode. I always appreciate it when it's there. But man, I wish they'd like actually do something at a crime scene that like was like cooperative in any way. Mm. Like they showed up to the crime scene, basically solved the crime, found where the killer pried something out of the wall, and Walker had his hands all over the wall. Oh yeah, fingerprints. Like, put on, like put on some gloves. Uh. Like <laughs> use your old school, you know, detective work. Someone could dust that for prints and then run it for a match and find the killer. Like immediately. I don't know. Well, I think they also mentioned uh, that there. Oh, there was a uh, there was an out of town police car spotted. 
Yeah, Gardner saw it. Uh, in the area, but that's weird that they didn't respond to the gunshot over here. Mm. That is uh, interesting. Yeah, so so they get a partial plate on that, and they can actually tell what precinct that the uh, cops are the from. cop car came from. Yep. Yeah, which, you know, it's, I'm surprised that they didn't, uh, Trevette didn't call in a favor with Andy Griffith from Matlock and said, hey, you know, why don't you be a corrupt cop killing uh, bad guys? Oh, that would have been that so been good, sick. dude, if Andy Griffith was on the show. Back in Ranger headquarters, uh, Trevette's, he's found a connection here, and he's basically found a whole bunch of killings that use these hydroshock bullets that are untraceable, and all these murders are to... to accused criminals who have gotten off on technicalities yeah and so what is basically suggested is that there's some serial killers going around killing people who have just been released and uh walker says oh that's great trevette keep doing this research i'm gonna go talk to alex and he basically sees if he can get their friend who was wrongfully accused released and Trevette actually has a lot of agency in the in this scene. Usually, it's it's Chuck Norris telling him what to do, but but no, Trevette actually found this connection between uh, all these crimes, and um, you know they just people are 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 let off on some technicality, and then they get killed by hydroshock bullets. And um, Walker's like, "Great work, Trevette." And Trevette goes, "I'm going to stay on this." And then Walker goes, "Okay, yeah." I'm going to go uh, talk to Alex about Ernesto and see if we can't get him off. See, I, I didn't realize this until I watched it the second time. It was the first time I watched it. I was probably on my phone half the time. I wasn't really. I took notes, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. The second time, though, I really dug in. Yeah. And they oh, set yeah. up every scene before it happened. So they, so he's talking about, oh, this, this guy. You remember this guy? They're letting him out for good behavior. And Walker's like, the kitty porn guy? <laughs> like, wait yeah. did you, rewind it did you just say the kitty porn guy i know they could have been anything else they didn't need to do do yeah. that it was it was like dude but the point but, is point is the cops knew that this guy was getting out so they were obviously going to go after him right and you know you don't want a kitty porn guy on the street meanwhile uh <laughs> walker's going to talk to alex and uh he basically meets her in her office and sits down on her side of the desk right and he's like look you know what can we do for ernesto he clearly didn't do this she's like well they've got dna out that's gonna take a week to 10 days right and so like the dna evidence will be back and then they'll kind of know if if he did it or not in 10 days but He's like, oh, that's not soon enough. Like that probably was a reasonable timeline in 1996. You can't just like, he's like, can you accelerate science by a decade? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she's like, I'll see what I can do. And he's like, well, also, can you lighten the bail? And she's like, well, it's a pretty serious charge. And he's like, please, pretty please. And she's like, okay. You know, this family's been through enough. Ernesto was killed or was shot in the drive-by in the previous episode. You know, now he's he's in jail on a, a bogus rape charge. Can't we help these poor people out? Uh, you know, I, I kind of know that there's a killer going around killing people who are released from jail on uh, technicalities, but... Let's get him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he had just um, kind of figured that out too. He yeah, had the, yep. he, had, he knew. Yep. Unbelievable! Yep. He killed him. Yep. I mean, spoiler <laughs> oh, alert. We'll, we'll get there, Bob. We'll get there. <laughs> there will be no technicalities on yeah. this episode. Oh my god! No edits either. But but here's one thing too. Um, 
what's the reason that Chuck Norris wanted to get Ernesto out early? It sounded like maybe in he's like, oh, that's not enough time, like 10 days. He's going to be in the general population. and He was on leave from the military or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he had to get back to his... Um, he was going to be AWOL. Yeah, yeah, he oh, had to get okay. back to, right. to the Marines. He was a Marine, right? Oh, okay. I don't know. He'd be prone to some sort of punishment if he's not there in time. Okay, that's what I didn't really get. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so that's why uh, Chuck Norris was like, hey, can we get this him out on bail, maybe help yeah, it out? Yeah. That's what he was trying yeah. to help. He's yeah. also trying to kill him, but we'll get that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, we get to witness some serious locker room talk where uh, our two uh, vigilantes are, are going back and forth in the locker room. Seems like they've been uh, placing some bets on the Mavericks games. Right. Is that right? In, in by uh, vigilantes, we mean the two uh, neighboring county cops in the uh, policeman's locker room. Yeah. From Mayberry. And, uh, yeah, they're ex- May- Mayberry cops, yeah. <laughs> Simon and Simon, Mayberry cops. Yeah. So they're, they're talking about bets or whatever, and their, uh, their sergeant comes out. With a sick mustache. Yeah, pretty dope mustache. And he's all like, do you guys see this in the paper? And we think initially, like, oh, no. Like, maybe he thinks that they did something wrong. And then he's like, well, this is some pretty good work. But did you see page two? And it's some other guy that's about to get uh, off on some sort of technicality or get released. He's like, boy, someone's got to do something about this. (laughs) Hint, 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 hint. (laughs) And then he leaves. And they go, well, he won't be out long. And then he kind of like looks at both the cops who now we know that this guy is kind of <laughs> directing these two cops on who to kill. Right. Yeah. So now we know that all three of them are in on this thing. Like the, New target acquired. Yeah. Unbelievable. This newspaper, like I've in previous podcasts, I've said, oh, we've seen newspapers with photos glued into the page. The literal picture <laughs> of the bad guy was pasted into this newspaper. You could see where they cut out a picture of somebody and pasted it onto the article. Hashtag release the digital master. Exactly. <laughs> That's this, probably this one it. of the problems. <laughs> Stuff like that becomes way more obvious. It's like, And I will say we may have been in contact with the graphic designer who made said newspaper, but it remains to be seen. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Just putting it out there. So we basically see a brief clip of Trevette saying that um, squad car that was seen by the gardener earlier comes from the Brookdale Police Department, which has no real reason to be in that area at all. So they now think that that's, uh, that's pretty fishy. And there are 20 different cars that were Wait, out. Bro- Brookdale or Mayberry? <laughs> May- Mayberry. <laughs> yeah. Brookdale. Oh, but, you know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> But uh, I guess there were 20 squad cars on duty at that time, so they now have to interview all 20 of them. So then we see Ernesto get out on bail. He's very grateful. He and Marta are on the court courthouse steps. Yeah, his mom, Marta, um, a tortilla um, maker, um, Marta. Right. And uh, from previous episode. And, um, yes, yeah, they're thanking Walker and Alex. And finally, Walker's like, hey, look, we got you out. You got to tell us what was so important that you couldn't tell us where your whereabouts were, you know? And it, Ernesto's like, well, I was with... Uh, I was, like, dating... I I went to see the congressman's daughter, and it's a forbidden love affair, but we're in love. And 
I didn't want to get her in trouble because she's going through law school and right. And the all fa- these other father things. and the senator doesn't approve of us, but we're going to profess our love after I get out of the military and she completes her college. But that's where I was, so I couldn't use her as an alibi. But thankfully, uh, I was able to get out on bail. And when that DNA test comes, I'll be proven innocent. And uh, by the way, thank you, Walker, for paying my bail. Yeah. They walk away, and then Alex is all like, feels so good to help people who deserve it, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and, so- yeah, and, and she's looking at Walker. And then that, once that scene hit, I'm like, dude, you guys just signed this guy's death sentence. <laughs> <I know. laughs> There's a serial killer killing people who were just released from prison. I mean, maybe give him a police detail, something, you know? Dude, and they knew that not- at this point in the episode. Yes. You're not helping the situation for Ernesto and Marta. <laughs> well, who knows what'll happen though? We'll have to wait and see. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Exactly. It's, it's true. So meanwhile, uh the, the correctional facility uh has the correctional facility bus is about to transport a bunch of convicts. This is what the newspaper said that there's a bus of convicts who are getting out for some what was it? I'm not exactly That's sure. what it was. This the article mentioned this. It was like Oh it was, no! It's early release program. Yeah, is yeah. what it was. Yeah. So they had the bu- a busload a busload of convicts getting out <laughs> on early release. So they're all bad guys, but they're getting out early, and we can't stand for that. Yeah, yeah of but, course. But the camera focuses on the kitty porn guy. Right, right, right. Well, it, it also oddly focuses on the bus driver. And I was like, "Why? Yeah, why are like, they focusing on him? Like, yeah, is he a convict too? They he seemed like it. Drive the bus. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> right. I was like, they only really zoom in on people if they're paying them as like legit actors or something. You know, they very rarely would focus on someone for that long if they weren't going to have like a speaking part. Seemed weird uh, at the time. Yeah, but but regardless, <laughs> so, so they they show this this bus driving down nowhere Texas on the road here. <laughs> <laughs> And then the two Mayberry police cars pull up, and uh, one car pulls out in front of the bus so it slows down. The sergeant, he rolls up and uh, <laughs> adheres the C4 explosive to the side of the bus, just like in the movie Invasion USA, yes. which we have yet to talk about in this podcast. It is an Invasion USA move for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they drive off, and they're in front of the bus, and we see an awesome shot from the perspective of the sergeant's uh, cop car when he pulls out a little remote detonator for said explosive. Yeah. We know it's a detonator because it's got a big red button on it. Yeah. And an antenna. He he waits a, a cautious amount of time. Like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> presses it, and then the bus behind him immediately explodes. Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> and then there's, there's a, a secondary explosion. Yeah, there are a few stages of explosions, which I'm thankful for. Uh, the first one kind of sets a fire inside of it on the side, and then it kind of kind of grinds to a halt, and then it blows up again, and then launches like <laughs> a guy through the windshield. Right? It launches the driver. Was it okay? The driver? Now yeah. I was wondering if that was the driver or convict. Yeah, the driver, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, so yeah, he gets launched. Oh, it's epic! <laughs> yeah. It, it, Ah, through the windshield explosion <laughs> behind him and we're like man i i guess that guy must have survived and he did but uh walker and trevette visit him in the hospital and he, and he is, looks uh, like the invisible man yeah he's the mummy <laughs> it's the mummy <laughs> and they're like uh what do you remember and he's like we just see like his mouth move through <laughs> through through the the mummification process 
they're like so what what kind of you sure there were real cops in in the in the the mummy guys like he's like oh i've i've seen a lot of cops in my day and those are definitely real cops so he was a he was a convict <laughs> that, and that's what makes <laughs> yeah, me think he was yeah, a bad guy for sure right, so maybe that. he wasn't the driver that lived in which case mm. they didn't kill just the bad guys they also killed a good guy anyway i guess we're assuming it's the driver but he did sound like he was a convict after interviewing the uh, the mummy from the bus explosion, <laughs> Walker and Trevette then do their interviews at the Brookdale Police Department, and they're interviewing all the the cops that were out on duty the night of the uh, Bodine brothers' murder. So they're finishing up, and the last round of interviews they have is with the two guys who actually did it. Right. And their interview is basically just like, <laughs> "Where were you this night?" One guy pulls out his notebook and says, "Oh, we were here," and they're like. Okay, cool. All right, Walker see you later. Like, were, weren't, were you ever over in this neighborhood? And the other guy's like, oh, he'd have no reason to be there. Yep, no. <laughs> no, sir. No reason to be there. No, sir. Exactly. exactly. Then they're like, oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, all right. See you later. <laughs> and the captain's all like, well, what do you think? And Walker and Trevor are like, well, we're not entirely sure at this point. And the captain's like, well, if you actually have any leads, you should probably act on them right now because I don't want my entire squad being like poisoned by having this cloud hang over their head and the sergeant is actually in there too and the sergeant with the mustache who's been directing the bad cops to to their victims he kind of chimes in like but you can't really argue they were bad guys and they might have deserved it anyway so he's like well you (laughs) know showing his by my count by my count a lot of bad guys that are dead now so that's not that bad right Mm. <laughs> and everyone, everyone looks at him like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah, someone says something like, uh, "Walker." Walker's like, oh, "I'm not really into vigilantes." Right, and, and the guy's like, "Oh, well, never mind then." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. Forget I said that then. So in the next scene, uh, Walker is finishing up a plate of food at uh, CDs at, at Guy's restaurant. Exactly, and I was going to bring this up because we talked <laughs> about Texas Guy's Twister. CD has a name for the sandwich that Walker is eating, mm. and CD comes over to the table and is like, oh, how, "Well, how do you like it, Walker? It's it's my Texas Twister tuna sandwich, <laughs> the, the tuna Texas Twister." <laughs> <laughs> See, and CD knows how to name sandwiches. Guy, come on, mm. Guy, take some cues from a great restaurateur, C.D. Parker. <laughs> now, Walker seems unimpressed by his tuna sandwich, but uh, C.D. puts the fear of God into him and mentions certain exotic ingredients like Hungarian paprika. Oh, my Cost gosh. damn near and, uh, $100 an ounce. Didn't he, he says he uses a blend of tuna or something like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I something mean, weird. You don't want to blend a tuna, man. <laughs> It's got extra dolphin in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like seven different fish in one sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think maybe maybe CD should talk to, uh, you know, Guy's Test Kitchen. And Guy's Test Kitchen, you guys need to do a Texas Twister sandwich. Man. Step do it up. It. Step yeah. up your game. Yeah, at least steal the name. All right, so after CD, uh, you know, Terrace Walker, a new one about the tuna Texas Twister, we realize that someone in the background, this is pretty artful, someone in the background's been mm. there the whole time. Right. And waiting for a CD to go, and it's actually the vigilante cop. Simon. His, his name is Bob <laughs> Horn, apparently. <laughs> and he's he's nursing a beer. 
Sure is. Long neck. Walker was drinking sweet tea. And uh yeah. And Bob Horn's all like, Man, you know, you know, how's your investigation going? And Walker's like, Well, we haven't found anyone yet. And he's like, Well, you know, just seems pretty good that all these guys are, are getting taken down and all these liberal judges are letting people <laughs> right. out. We gotta we gotta, gotta clean crack up. down on yeah. that. We gotta clean up after them. We want, don't want all these bad guys on the streets. So whoever's doing this is really doing a, a service to the community. These guys really want to get caught. <laughs> <I know. laughs> They're really going out on a limb here. Uh, Walker's all like, "Well, you know, I, I'm just not into the whole vigilante thing, and people, I, I can't allow it. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't just be judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. And uh, Bob Horn's like, "Well, what are you going to do about these guys?" And Walker's like, well, "I'm going to take them down." And he's like, well, how are you going to do that? And Walker's like, hard. (laughs) And then Walker's like, ejects himself. Sorry, real hard. Real hard. (laughs) I'm going to do them boys real hard. Real hard. (laughs) And then he gets up and just leaves the guy there to nurse his beer and uh, I guess start worrying, right? He knows it's him at that point, right? (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. He knows it's him. And the guy must know that he knows. By the way, uh, my friend uh, Ernesto has been exonerated with DNA evidence, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the time for Walker to step up and to say, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just, just to say, hey, you, you know, I don't, you know, thank, thanks for letting me know it was you, but uh, stay away from Ernesto, by the way. Please. Cut to the uh, ultimate man cave, which features a pool table, a dartboard, a gun rack, and uh, pinups on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right and uh, the two cops, the one that just talked to Walker and the uh, the other guy, other cop, uh, who's his accomplice, was in there and they're shooting pool. And the sergeant comes in with a six pack. And um, what are they lamenting? Well, they're talking about the morality of taking out a cop if the cop gets in the way, because Walker is clearly going to be a thorn in their side. Right. Um, and though the kind of accomplice cops like i don't know that's like a, a step too far and then we get kind of a window into why bob horn started this yeah we're getting a ton of backstory here which like. you don't usually get the motivation <laughs> but behind the guys so I, I kind of applaud them for at least trying in the scene yeah so apparently bob horn's uh brother was killed as a rookie cop by someone who was just released on a technicality something along those lines and uh that's all part of his backstory not exactly sure why the sergeant is into it because he seems to have been doing this for a while he just likes to kill people i think yeah i think i think that's really what it is (laughs) but but he's all like we're answering a higher calling yeah yeah he uses that term right um and they all agree that uh, if walker gets in the way they're gonna take him out yeah and apparently bob's brother after he was killed by somebody who was released on a technicality his first kill as a vigilante was said person yeah yeah and they're like you know we might have some other recruits from the department you know uh uh, billy bob (laughs) something happened to one of his family members and he sounds like he might be receptive to killing people right we'll have him kill the person who killed his loved one first yeah, we'll, we'll give him dibs on that. Yeah, yeah. and he's got dibs on uh, Dennis here. <laughs> uh, so messed that, up. That would be the right thing to do. So, uh, meanwhile, cut to uh, Ernesto, our lovebird. Oh, yeah. He, and, and uh, he's yeah, freshly released on bail. 
he's with Marta at their house, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to get the senator's daughter flowers. Yeah, he gets some flowers, and uh, he comes out, and there are all these artistic shots of him walking along the street and the camera panning to the glass and the windows behind him and seeing the reflection of a cop car following him. This is Yeah, and then we're like, are you serious? You guys are sicking these these cops on Ernesto again. He's gonna he's gonna get taken out again. Right. He got he got shot in the drive by in the in the last episode he was in. Um, in the scene prior to this, Walker says, "I'm gonna go check up on Ernesto." Oh, right, because uh, all the charges were dropped. So he's gonna go tell Marta himself. Yeah, they got the DNA evidence in, and Walker's gonna come tell Marta and Ernesto that oh, he's off scot free. The DNA yeah, proved he didn't rape the person. So Walker's on the way to see him, and we see this lovebird man buying flowers, walking down the streets, and now the cop car's after him? Yeah. And unfortunately, they catch up with him in the alley, and uh, not going to sugarcoat this, they just straight up kill him. Yeah, they gun him down. And I thought, you know, maybe Ernesto will pull through this again. But then I remembered in the Danny Trejo episode, Ernesto's dead. So, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. There's not much of a future for Ernesto, unfortunately. Wow. So you kind of saw it, this it, one coming. I actually <sighs> didn't see this one coming when I first saw it, and it hit me hard. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? They made him out to be such a nice guy, Ernesto, and he's buying flowers. And they even said, "Oh, Walker's on his way." And in every other Walker episode, Walker would have jumped in to kick the gun out of the sergeant's hands. Instead. They make Ernesto get down on the ground, turn around and face him, and fire a silencer at him, and cut away. Yep. And this is all because Walker got him out on bail. Yep. Thanks, Walker. Dude, this is shoddy. It's tough. Really bad. Yeah. Just really bad. Unbelievable. So, this death is on Walker's hands. And now he has to be the one to go tell Marta that uh, her son's dead. Oh, my gosh. This, I mean, this might be one of my favorite scenes that chuck norris acted because he didn't say anything yeah (laughs) he goes over to her house knocks on the door and she's like oh ernesto will be right back he just went to the florist oh my gosh yeah and walker's just like um can i come inside so chuck norris walks inside uh they shut the door and then we see an establishing shot of martyr's residence there's a, a pause and then we get the primordial scream of a mother who just learned that she lost her eldest son. But they were like, yeah, let's not, you know, I don't think we need to have the scene where Chuck Norris breaks it to her on camera. Right. Let's do yeah. it off, Let's do it off camera, okay? So he's like, this was obviously the guys who've been killing people who have been getting out on a technicality or so they think. Now Walker is totally pissed. Yeah. And Walker's all like, get my truck. I'm going to go do the ultimate shakedown. <laughs> so he busts into the locker room. Like a bat out of hell. Right. Man. And the three guys are in there. And he goes straight to uh, whatever Simon. his face is. We'll call him Simon. He goes, yeah, yeah, he goes straight to Simon <laughs> and like slams him against the lockers and is like, I told you earlier that you were going to get the wrong guy sometime. Yeah. And you just did. And I'm going to take you down. And everybody involved. Yeah. Mm. And then he walks out, and all three of them are like, "Okay, time to kill Walker." <laughs> so they all grab, the, <laughs> they, they, they all like their- grab their guns and put them on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Next scene, he uh, visits the funeral home. It seems like he just went right there, but it must be the next day, right? I guess, but it seems pretty quick for a funeral as well. But whatever. But yeah. it, we only got forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is like the last, the last like five minutes of the episode. 
<laughs> and um, Ernesto's sitting in the coffin, and they do a close up of him. And the one close up they do of him, he exhales. Yeah, he's breathing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so in reality, we know as viewers that Ernesto's okay. Yeah, and I'm glad they put that in there. That's good. So he's in the coffin, and Marta's there, and. This happened in the last episode Marta was in, where she was like outacting everyone around her tenfold. Yeah, I mean, she yeah again she does a a riveting performance. Why Walker? Why? And this is kind of like how the uh, how the scene probably happened in the house. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he just stood there and hugged her. Uh, and now he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna head out, I guess. Yeah. He leaves the funeral home and is immediately greeted by. Simon at his car. Yeah, and he's like, hey, Walker. And he kind of pops up into the frame again, just like... <laughs> it's creepy. Um, it's creepy. It's so good. And and there, by the funeral home, is a graveyard. Naturally. Of course. Naturally. Um, and this is what I remember. This this sequence, I remember watch, us watching a long time ago, this whole sequence. The shootout at the cemetery. Exactly. So Walker knows that he's not here just to pay his condolences to Ernesto. Quite the opposite. So uh, the cop kind of looks off to the left, and Walker can tell that something's about to go down. So he spins and pulls his revolver and shoots two stray shots. Walker shoots first here. Yeah, yep. You got to. It's three against one here. Yep. Remember that when they do the remaster? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so the three bad cops scatter and so does Walker, and he's doing like somersaults behind gravestones. Yeah, it's pretty dope. One of the first gravestones is a priest. Interesting. Now, is that, I was wondering about some of them. Is that one of the ones that uh, actually got like shot at? It so was it, next like, to one. off. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they had a few fake ones that they could yeah, shoot bullets at. I think so, yeah. Anyways, uh, there's a lot of somersaulting, lots of stray bullets, and then Walker sneaks up behind him and is like, freeze, and the guy turns on him and. And Walker fires again first, quick, better shot, which leaves the sergeant and Simon left of the bad guys. What happens next here? Uh, After after he shoots the young guy, the the sergeant comes around the corner and sort of not surprises Walker, but Walker's attention is drawn by shooting the other guy. And so they both fire shots at each other and hit each other. Walker hits the sergeant in the leg, and the sergeant hits Walker in his left arm. Right. So Walker's a little under the weather, and the sergeant kind of is like hiding behind a gravestone because he can't walk well. And the other guy, Simon, is like, hey, Walker, where are you? That kind of thing, yelling out or, and finding out actually where the sergeant is. And the sergeant's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm over here. And Walker uses that to pinpoint where he is and knocks him to the ground. And this is what we waited for fisticuffs between the bad cop and Walker. And I think Michael Priest was talking in our interview about how they had a bad guy who actually needed a cane to walk. And they're like, how are we going to have Chuck Norris fight this guy? He needs a cane to walk, you know? (laughs) So they, they come up with these scenarios like Walker getting shot in the arm to make the fight between him and the kind of loser cop more of an interesting fight. So I think that's why they had him get shot so that they could actually kind of have like a quote-unquote fair fight yeah right level of of playing field yeah i mean because i i kind of believe that walker might have lost this fight i mean after ornesto got off to anything's on the table yeah the other dude hit him in the head with a rock too i mean that was that was pretty serious yeah the the cop like once he was knocked to the ground by 
probably a roundhouse kick. <laughs> yeah. He saw a rock and put it in his hand and then swung it into Chuck Norris's skull. Yeah. Chuck Norris was only slightly dazed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, then he gets uh, Walker in like a headlock and they're like grappling and the sergeant's trying to take a shot and uh, from behind like right. a, the stone because he can't walk again and he's lining up his shot on Walker and just as he pulls the trigger Walker maneuvers the other bad cop in front of the bullet and the guy takes it in the back and uh, it saves Walker from the bullet shot and then we get a close up (laughs) this might be the best part of the show we get a close up of the sergeant's face mustache and all after he realized he just tagged his own guy and he's like oh 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 man! So uh, the sergeant runs off while uh, Walker tries to get the last words out of out of Simon, and Simon's last words are, "We were right." And Walker says, "Tell that to Marta Lopez." To which I would say, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, Walker. She, yeah. she knows. She, Walker. Walker. Marta knows it was you, Walker. <laughs> You, you think you did a good thing by, you know, getting him off on bail. But, again, you had inside information, Walker. And you signed his death warrant. Yeah, he did. really did. Yep. Yep. Pretty rough. So, anyway. So, the sergeant makes his way back to his police station. And presumably he knows Walker is going to be following him there, right? Yeah. And he hobbles into his office and sits at his desk, pulls out his gun, presumably prepared for battle. One last stand. Walker comes into the station, you know, kind of pretending like he was just shot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they're both really putting on a good show. Yep. And uh, he he asked, I guess, the uh, receptionist outside of the the sergeant's office, "Hey, is he in there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he just went in." <laughs> <laughs> Walker knocks on the door and is like, "Hey, the, the uh, your other two accomplices are dead." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come Two on out. Cops. This doesn't have to get any worse or something like that, right? <laughs> right. I'm coming in on one, two. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. He's like, you know what? This Things aren't going to go good for me. I'm just going to take myself off the game. And he committed suicide by gun in his office. So he does that. Walker walks into the office and then fade to black that's it yeah pretty much like he he has an expression on his face kind of like <laughs> it's not a happy one it's but, it's yeah. kind of, but it's but it's not a sad one either no it's kind of like hmm yeah it's like i guess i guess justice was served i guess that's what they call a texas twister sandwich <laughs> or maybe that's what he was thinking he's like you know what i'm not gonna get the tuna again <laughs> you know what the, the <laughs> The tune is why my reaction time was off. (laughs) (laughs) Though I think it might have healing properties because this gun wound seemed to have disappeared. That's fine. (laughs) All right. Well, that about sums up this episode. When we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate the Brotherhood on a scale of 0 to 10 boots to the face, resulting in our patented Roundhouse Roulette episode ranking, complete results of which are available on our website, roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. Hey guys, what gives? What? Why do you have me tied to this chair in an abandoned warehouse? Uh, you know why. 
one more week. That, that's all I ask. Then I'm then I'm good to record the next podcast. Sure. I, I promise I'll be there. You know I'm good for it. We've heard this before, man. How are we going to deliver the light of Walker, Texas Ranger to the world with you MIA? Don't go AWOL. Look, man, I got a family. They, they got to eat, don't they? What about our listeners, bro? Speaking of which, if you listeners would like to join us in our mission, please share the pod with a friend or leave us a kind review wherever you get your podcasts. Likewise, if you'd like to help us keep the lights on at headquarters, check out our shirts, posters, and vintage action figures at roundhouseroulette.com or join the fun on our Patreon page. Most importantly, though, we thank you for listening. Look, I've got to take care of our chickens and the cat and... We're going to change the litter box and stuff. Don't tell it to us, Evan. Tell it to our listeners. Bob, you can break his legs now. With pleasure. Wait, wait. God, what are you doing? No! My legs! Oh, God, my legs! All right, I guess since I'll never walk again, we can just continue the podcast now. Well, that went to a really dark place. Are you okay, Adam? <laughs> Uh, I am now that you're stuck with us. Ah, oh, great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some closing thoughts on the episode and then a little ranking, I would say. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this one. It had a pretty good story and acting, and it was more plot-heavy than a lot of the episodes, but it did still have a lot of a lot of action in there, too. The one thing I kind of wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about was there was a bullet that went through the bad guy, right? And... Um, this was at the beginning, the one that, that they had to uh, take out of the wall, the wood fence, right? All right, so we know bullets go through bodies. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I thought this through already. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> well, in the research I've done on the whatever type of bullet that was, those bullets were designed to break up, and okay. they are designed to, like, stay in the body. So, presumably, if these cops were using those bullets to kill Walker then the last bullet that killed Simon wouldn't have hit Walker. Is that what you were going to ask? So they were using their top secret bullets to I try to kill. I assume, two. yeah. And, but Walker must have assumed, too, when he used them as a human shield. I don't think Walker knew he was going to get shot. I think they were just grappling, and then the guy got shot. So that was a lucky play by Walker? No. Or, but, no. Okay. No. So, no, dude, he Walker do doesn't that. do anything by luck. He caught, he caught the guy's eye over his shoulder. Do the old, yeah. Real quick. Did the old switcher. All right, well, either way, he yeah. would have known. Right. All right. Well, so he he had to know. Oh, the guy's gonna fire his gun now. I will move him around. Mm-hmm. And then also, oh, he actually loaded the bullets that don't go through bodies. Exactly. All there right. Go. Well, good play, Walker. Yeah. yeah. He, Walker's got game. <laughs> it's no accident. Okay. Well, I guess that makes this episode better. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I watched this episode twice. I enjoyed it the second time, but. I don't think it's one that improves on repeat viewing. It doesn't have something in it so crazy that I I think is going to be that memorable down the line. Though it was a solid episode and was great. I'm going to go six on this one. Six is fair. Because of the absurd amount of fights and killings and really kind of off-the-wall stuff, this one was nonstop, guys. You had like three or four different stories going on. I mean, this podcast is going to be like eight hours long. Yeah, it's creepy. Trying up. to talk, creep talk up on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, this checked a lot of boxes for me. I know. I, I know. I <laughs> the felt... bus explosion was probably one of the most ridiculous things. Or the yeah. opening sequence was amazing with the guy's legs getting broken. Speaking of the opening sequence, guys, we did miss the first 
few frames of the episode. They're actually in a bar. It's called The Bone. So we're going <laughs> right, to bar right, here, right, guys. Right. No, write that right, down. Put that on here. The Bone. The Bone. Um, the Bone. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I liked it. Eight. Nice. I totally agree with you, Bob. This one had tons of action, and they crammed so much plot into this. And maybe that's the reason why it just fades to black after the dude <laughs> well, yeah. offs himself at the end, because they just have no more time. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, like, it kind of begs the question, what lessons did we learn here? Oh, are you looking for that from Walker, Texas Ranger, Evan? Uh, I'm never looking for that from Walker, Texas Ranger, <laughs> but it's always forced down our throat in some way, right? Right. So, like, they're like, well, it feels good to help good people, right? But in the end, you killed the dude, right? You set him up to, to be murdered. Mm. So, yeah. that's not super great. We're dealing with, like, a serious, like, white savior complex, but then we're not repentant of the fact that our attempts have backfired and completely destroyed this family again. Um, also, the bad guys, I don't really think justice was served because they're all dead and they all thought they were doing the right thing. Well, so you know, yeah. I'm not going to say that any justice was really served. I'm not going to say that anyone learned any lessons, including Walker, because we know this is only season five and his white savior complex. It carries through. So initially I was thinking, well, you know, no one learned any lessons in this. So I got to dock at some points. Then again, now I'm thinking about it. They're not trying to shove any lessons down my throat. So I like it more. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, this one was good. Yeah. I mean, it had some serious roundhouse kicks, had a couple fights, had an explosion. It was epic. A dude got launched out of a car. Uh, <laughs> thrown off a building. Yeah. Thrown off a building. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I love it eight, but I love it a seven. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that gives this episode a roundhouse rating of seven boots to the face, which is uh, one of the highest we've had in quite a while. Ah! And uh, I think we can all agree that uh, if Walker offers us some help, maybe we don't want it. But uh, (laughs) please let us know what you think on social media by uh, emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll spin that roundhouse roulette wheel and select our next episode. Bob, are you ready to spin that wheel, man? Absolutely. Hey, oh, wow. Wow. Season two, episode nine, An Innocent Man. That sounds very much like this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> An Innocent Man. Original air date, December 4th, 1993. Walker's in a heart-pounding race against the clock as he tries to prove the innocence of a blackmailed man who is scheduled to be executed. Mm. Nice. Okay. I'm down to see some classic Walker. Yeah. Pretty much season yeah. one Walker, Texas yeah. Ranger. Yeah. So yeah. once again, grappling with the, uh, with the justice system. Well, we hope you'll join us next time when we share our reactions to season two, episode nine, an innocent man. In the meantime, share your opinions with us on Facebook and Instagram at roundhouse roulette and on Twitter at, at roundhouse pod and rate and review us on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and until next time, may may the eyes of the ranger be upon you. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Oh, cause that's where the ranger's gonna be.